All right, BradCooney.com would like to welcome to the show music composer Richard Peshkin. What is up, Richard? What is up? Everything's up. My um, song plays are up. Um, That's good. Life is up. And... Um, I'm up, that, yes. which is pretty good for me. You know, I got bed five o'clock. You're not only kidding. I'm up. I'm up. I'm ready. Yes, sir. That's good. All right. So before we get into your latest project, your latest record, tell the listeners a little bit about you. Now, I've, I've did my reading um, research on you. You've been around for a while, um, but give my listeners a quick synopsis about how you got into music. Um, how long and like how did it happen? What's the journey? Well, the journey was a, um, filled with a lot of curves and twists. Um, by uh, profession, um, I practiced uh, the field of medicine for a good part of my life as a family doctor. And as I like to say, I used to heal bodies, and now I heal broken hearts. Mm-hmm. And um, I did start writing music when I was 10 years old. Uh, I wrote a, a love song for my sister, who I hated like poison. But she did, the only girl I knew, and, and the name Nadine was okay. It had a lot of rhyme schemes. And um, I don't think a year went by the rest of my life where I didn't write many, many, many songs, more than I like to remember. And, um, you know, they're in cabinets and they're in drawers. They're all over the yeah. place. And it wasn't until um, I got a little past middle age and I realized that, you know, uh, you only live once and it was time to really make a stand and um, see if I could develop the music into something that was uh, a little less raw than what I was writing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, bring on some really good producers and arrangers and get some quality singers and see if I really was as good as I always thought I was in my mind with the um, caveat that I always felt, well, if I have the right people around me, you know, I, I really do well. I actually um, scored a musical comedy here in Boca Raton, Florida, in uh, 2019 called Boca Bound. And um, that was my first foray, really, into serious music. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be on the ballot for a, a Grammy nomination yeah, that year. I saw that. For my, yeah. That's really cool. And, um, let's, 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 just, was, let's dial it back just a little bit because that's, that's, uh, that's part of my questions down the road if he's here. Because uh, I really I want to talk about that Grammy nomination for sure. Deep dive into that a little bit, um, but I think that's a that's a pretty good, pretty good intro as far as what what's got you into this thing and what you're doing now. But let me, let's get circle back around to that down the road a little bit here, and I want to just jump right into the song first. Now this is a this is a, a title track. The, the name of the record is the same as as the song you're promoting, correct? Right, correct. The world needs music. I listened to this song, and man, I really liked it a lot. Um, it just kind of, I, I have trouble trying to put my finger on like what it reminded me of, other than just a nice, relaxing, soothing comfort level it gives me when I listen to it. But talk about the song, um, what inspired you to write it, and what the backstory is. That's a great question, uh, Brad. Uh, like all of us who watch the news, much too much. Uh, a lot of what we see are angry, lonely, scared people mm. who are living in a world with which is filled with the divisiveness and mistrust. And, you know, uh, there's really uh, crime 
you know, uh, we're at a point in time now where we need something that's healing mm. and something that fills people with hope and harmony. And I just got sick of seeing all these things without any kind of antidote uh, musically. Uh, you know, the stuff that's on the radio, some is good, some I don't like so much. But they, they don't have the kind of messages sometimes that music can provide. And I'll give you a great example, Brad. Um, back in the day, there was a song called What the World Needs Now. And um, it was written actually in 1963 and uh, recorded by many, many people. But it really had a nice feel to it. You know, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. And, you know, I think that was true then. It's always going to be true. But really, the only thing that can unify people more than love is music, because love can come and go. Music stays. And, you know, you can watch uh, sporting events, which is the other thing that unifies people. You can see people who barely know each other, you know, uh, hug and root for the same team. And there are no longer any uh, barriers. People just love their fellow fan uh, at, at, a, uh, at a sporting event and also at an arena when people go to see various uh, artists. Mm -hmm. um, they, they just sway together. They just feel as one. And that's what made me write this anthem. I wanted to create another feeling that hasn't been really uh, utilized in that music can be the thing in the world of entertainment that really, really makes people feel hopeful and, and feel unified. And, mm -hmm. and that's really what made me write it, a long-winded answer, but oh, it really a lot answer. of thought went into it. Yep. It's a great answer, and I love the analogy, the two analogies you use, um, like at a concert, because I... I I can relate, man, because I've been to many concerts in my life, and every time I've been to a concert, the strangers that are to your left and to your right are people that you're high-fiving by the time the show's over with. And you don't know them. You don't, know, you don't care how they vote. You don't care what God they pray to. It's just that moment of unison where everybody's to the, you know, for probably their favorite band or one of, and that's all that matters. You have that moment of joy that doesn't matter the rest of it. You know what I mean? You, you actually said it better than, than I did. You expressed my thoughts a little bit more coherently, but that's exactly mm. how I felt. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Some years back, I had Brad Arnold, who's the lead singer of a rock band called Three Doors Down, on, on my podcast show. Very successful rock band. Um, went on to sell, like, probably 50 or 60 million records. Very, 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 gra multiple Grammy Awards. But I talked to him about about music and one one of the things he called music was it's, it's a universal medicine and that makes so much sense because every culture on the earth as far back as history can record had music you know that's one thing that the human species has in common no matter what religion no matter where you're from it doesn't matter every culture had some sort of music and it's like a medicine when you're feeling down you listen to a song it makes you feel better you know, it's just an amazing thing. He brought that up on my show, and I thought it was a great, it's a great example. Absolutely, and um, the interesting thing is, I don't know if you saw our, our, our video of the song, 
But we, uh, it's really very interesting because we actually joined the feeling of music to a young singer mm-hmm. who, um, you know, basically was living in a dingy apartment and you had this crappy old television set from the 50s and she's just watching cities burning and she's watching, you know, gunfire and everything. She walks over to her um, synthesizer and just is inspired just to go, the world needs music mm-hmm. more than ever and as as the uh, video goes along she uh, is walking outside the streets of new york and uh, she's everything's on fire and there's police cars and everything at any rate the video ends with her in arena wearing this gorgeous red gown she looks quite a bit different than she did in her dingy apartment there are thousands of people in the arena you know uh, lifting uh, candles in support of her, in support of the theme while she's singing the song. And I thought that was a perfect metaphor, you know, again, for the um, the unifying nature uh, of music. And also, it was cool that this young gal, you know, was able to uh, make peace for people through the music, and she got her success through the music. So it was like two dreams coming true, a, a better world and a better world for her. That's all. That's just awesome. Awesome stuff. Now, 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 I want to, I want to touch back on this Grammy nomination. Um, when I was reading about you, I was like, obviously that grabbed my attention. So that's really cool. Now, this is something when you were a, a, a practicing physician, did you ever think that you'd have a Grammy nominated musical? Well, again, I was on the ballot for the nomination, so I want to make that perfect. Oh, okay, you're on the ballot for it. Okay, so I right. stand corrected. Gotcha. But, but it was amazing because all the, uh, the people I was competing against were New York productions. Yeah. And we had, this, we had this little theater in Boca Raton, Florida, where we, um, you know, we had all our friends pack it in every day. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if we paid them to go or they went, I don't know. But at any rate, uh, it, it, we were very fortunate because... Uh, through luck and happenstance, uh, I was able to get an arranger from uh, London named John Ranger of all names, and he arranged my music to perfection. We got a musical uh, director uh, named Michael Moritz Jr. from right off of Broadway, basically, nice. who has uh, who actually does have um, you know various uh, uh, awards like Emmys and things like that. So uh, I, again, I was propped up uh, and lucky to be associated with people of quality. But uh, having said that, uh, it definitely gave me the confidence to know that I could write you know big time stuff. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask. I was, I was going to ask if. if that success, because that's even though it was not an actual Grammy nominated, how that impacted your confidence, you know, as, as a composer going forward must have been pretty cool. It was, and 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 truly, I believe, you know, if we'd had um, uh, more exposure from the show, if it had been mm-hmm. off Broadway or something like that, I thought the sky was the limit. Because I know the you know these scores that did actually get nominated and won actually, I felt my score was very very much. Uh, equivalent to theirs and you know could have been a coin flip you know to find out whether i won or not and it did give me a a ton of confidence also having people sing it who actually some of them had been on the new york stage yeah uh, many of them had actually uh and it was well received and we actually have a cast album on uh, spotify and uh, uh, amazon where you can actually listen to the score 
And, um, and again, it was uh, another stepping stone. You know, it was like um, a tennis player who, who plays in the um, Open. He doesn't play in the Open right away. He has to qualify. So he plays in tournaments called the Qualifying for the Open or for Wimbledon. And I felt that was like my qualifying tournament. Yeah, and, cool. uh, yeah after that, I felt, you know, the sky's the limit as long as I was smart enough to find people who could compliment me musically. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate, I just want to say Nikki, or Mick James actually, uh, was my... Um, That's real, the producer, uh, right? The Mick James producer. Yeah. Now, Mick yeah. James is somebody who's got a nice resume. Touch on that a little bit. Yeah. Mick James is kind of cool because he's known for uh, working at Chris Angel's Mind Freak show. Yes, I used to love that show. I used to watch it yeah. religiously on AE Channel. I got to tell you, if you see Nick and I together, it's so funny because here's a guy who uh, his band does these Aerosmith, uh, you know, uh, you know, dig gigs all the time mm-hmm. in New York area, actually around the country, and he wears a cowboy hat and his hair's down to his shoulders and he's got tattoos and things like <laughs> that, and, and he's got a real strong New York accent, you know, a little bit um, Tony Soprano type accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I kind of have a little bit of a New Jersey accent, but you know, it's like my. Jeff, uh, you know, when you see us together, we look like, how the hell these guys get Yeah, together? yeah, yeah, I can see that, because I saw your picture. You, you look like a doctor. <laughs> you have that well, doctor wait look. Second. Wait a second. I don't know if that's good. I, no, I it's good. It is good. It is good. You, you, you just look like a white collar, nice, nice, well, you know, groomed, nice, handsome guy, and then you got this rocker. All right, well, now, you know, that, now that you qualified it. They used to say that dentists and doctors weren't too good looking, so I have to make sure we're on the right track here. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's like any other professor, there's all different shapes and sizes and colors, man. It doesn't matter. That's for sure. That's yeah, for sure. Absolutely. That's really cool, though. That's really good. You know, the thing is, you know, the, the, the smart thing to do in most scenarios or most, you know, projects you want to take your take on is surround yourself with talent, right? Isn't that like the, the rule of thumb almost? You know something? Uh in life in general mm-hmm. what you do is you have to be honest with yourself yep. and here I had maybe hundreds of songs that could have been hits that I wrote throughout my life really really good things and they're in drawers somewhere or boxes mm. because I didn't have a Mick James who was able to say hey Rich well I, I really see you. you really have talent for lyrics and you really write very good hooks and they're very easy to remember but, uh, man, you know, there's certain things about your music that, you know, could be helped quite a bit. And I always knew it, but I couldn't find the right guy to take me over the top. Yeah, that's great. Now, getting back, circling back to the song, The World Needs Music, the the young lady who sings vocals on it really took my breath away. Um, she was terrific. Talk about her. Oh, she's just wonderful. Her name is Kelsey Dembski. She's a little thing. She's got to be, I don't know, 4, 11, uh, 95 pounds. Wow, she got some pipes on her. Oh, man. And the thing about her is that um, if you go through uh, this album, uh, she can sing a song like uh, The World Needs Music or a song called I Love You. Mm-hmm. And when she sings I Love You, she sounds like, you know, a little bit like a Whitney Houston type of singer. Oh, wow. And then, in the same album, she can sing a song called Shut Up, which is kind of a serial comic type of song, which I absolutely love. But, you know, she sings it, you know, really raunchy, you know, uh, 
there's there's a line if you're not quick you're going to lose your dick you know and she can say that <laughs> with as much you know yeah. um, attitude as she can sing the sweet you know i love you song and then she actually sings a song called the Wu Song, which was my homage to Ric Flair in the um, album. And, um, you know, and so she's, she is, and she sings a country western song oh, that's wow. going to be in the next um, album. And um, a song called Sexual Tension that's going to be in the next album. So this girl's got enormous versatility. Mm -hmm. and, she's, and she's so sweet and so polite and so, that's great. you know, uh, unshowbizzy, yeah. Yeah, humble, yeah. I like that diversity and also that different range. I mean, I heard, I heard, I don't know if you heard the song, the new Beyonce song, the country song she has out. I was like blown away. It's in like number one. It's number one country song. Oh, it's number one country song in the country right now by Beyonce. I'm gonna listen to it as soon as we get off. Listen sure. to it. It's, it's gonna blow you away. I mean, I was like, yeah. wow, wow, it's pretty good stuff. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. That. So she is a terrific singer. I like your comparisons. Um, it's like you can go from Whitney Houston to Missy Elliott in just one sentence. Exactly, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And so um, you touched a little bit on the songs Shut Up, and I was going to also ask you about I Love You. So talk about Shut Up a little bit more. Get into that backstory and what inspired that song. It has a great backstory. I, I, I tend to be proposed. I'm going to try to make it a little quicker. Okay. I have a very, very good friend. He's a very classy gal was married to a guy from South Africa. They're very wealthy and refined people, I thought. And one day I was in the uh, swimming pool with her, and I said, hey, Carol, um, you haven't given me any material for songs lately. She said, well, I don't know if this was material for a song, but last night I had the biggest fight with Howard. You know, he said, shut up to me. I said, so what? I said, you know, people say shut up all the time. So when I was brought up, that was the one thing you couldn't say. You could say virtually anything, but if you said shut up, it would just send off a, a, mm -hmm. an alarm or something. And she actually uh, took a fork and threw it at him. <laughs> she, she, she may have taken a knife and thrown it at him. And uh, the song is so cutely depicted in the video. Uh, actually, if you see the video, and I really hope you do, the guy wearing the wig is Mick James, actually. Oh, yeah, I got, I'll definitely watch it for sure. <laughs> yeah, and Kelsey does an amazing job in the video, but the words are really, really uh, funny. I mean, uh, and, the, and it's very driving. Uh, the song is very driving. You know, it's got um, totally different instrumentation than in, in, in the other songs, you know. Uh, so I, I'm very proud of the fact that I can start an album with The World Needs Music and then get you to shut up and then go right back to I Love You. Yeah, you're, you're hitting all, all range of emotions here. Uh, now what about the girl in the pool that, that did it? Did she hear the song? Did she like it? I got to say, she loved it. I mean, she loves music a lot, yeah. but she loved this song. And I said, you're not going to let Howard hear this song. He'll be so embarrassed. He'll move back to uh, Johannesburg. <laughs> I really thought so. And I couldn't believe it. He said, oh, my God, I love it. It That's was great. great. <laughs> He's a victim. He loves it. You should have put you should have put your friend in, the, in, in, in like a little cameo appearance in the video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have 
I see, see what it definitely gone for that. The, um, the funny thing about that song, again, is uh, every night this guy, before he would eat, uh, his wife would actually have to take a picture of the food that she was presenting him. He would send it to his daughter-in-law in Boston, who would have to say whether the food was, you know, appropriately healthy for him. Oh so there's God. kind of a little edge. And in the video, you'll actually see it. You know, we actually depict it in the video. But actually, it was true. I, th I don't know. Someone was that obnoxious about food. Maybe I would throw forks too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I wouldn't want to have like a report card on my cooking. Every every evening, you know. Yeah, we know. It's a little much there, man. Um, why what about the next song that we just talked about? It. I love you. What's what's that song about? Uh, the song I love you. Uh, you know, again, it, it, the whole uh, thing about that. So the sizzle in that song is that you know it's it's typically a cliche. You know what you you hear in um, in in books and you know it's it's so overdone but when i say it's not when i say i love you you know it's it's not you know just uh, the words or it's not just the cliche it's not trite it's it's just a heartfelt rendering of an emotion uh that i think when you hear the song uh i'm not really doing the lyrics justice i wrote it you know a year and a half ago uh but um, I think you'll realize how uh, it takes away the cliched aspect of saying I love you. Mm. There's just a feeling, uh, you know, I'm looking at my wife right now and I'm just telling her I love you, sweetheart. <laughs> so it's, it's like that, you know. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's really, really pretty. It's maybe the prettiest song I ever wrote. I think I, think I might have, we, we might have just set a, 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 a record on my podcast show just now. I think you're the first person to ever tell his wife he loves her in the middle of an interview with me. I don't think that's ever happened before. He does it all the time. Well, you know something? I love it. Um, it's fantastic. Hey, listen, you know, um, she was uh, my college sweetheart. Oh, that's um, great. You know, we have um, not only a long marriage, we have grandchildren. And, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're always together. And um, she's my... Uh, not only my biggest fan club, but she's very competent, and she handles a lot of responsibilities and a lot of my insecurities. And <laughs> it's a great <laughs> you know, partner. Music. She's a great yeah. partner to have, man. A you're, great you're, partner, you're, yeah. you're a blessed man. Absolutely. Right, right. You know, some, some, some of the best conversations I ever had, and I love, y'all all try this, I love to see a couple, like, let's say they're in their 80s, just, you know, at the end of the, of the timeline, you know, and they're holding hands. I love to see that. I love to see an older couple that's in their 80s or even higher holding hands. And the best conversation piece is to look at them and say, how long y'all been together? That's all you got to say. And most times they just love to share that story, you know, and then you can have fun with it. And you can say, what's, this, what's the key to a long, you know, a, a long relationship? Or ask them, how long have you been together? 65 years, you know, something like that, but they love. It's a great conversation piece. Well, it's funny you should say that because um, where we live, uh, we actually walk around the campus here uh, holding hands all the time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we play uh, tennis every morning together and walk during the day together. And, 
You know, musically, um, she's really um, invaluable because um, you, you need somebody to bounce ideas off of. And when you think something's unbelievably great and she frowns or something is mediocre and she smiles, you, know, you get all these visual cues and everything yes. to know whether you're going in the right direction or the wrong direction. You, you, know, you always want somebody to tell you what you need to hear. But you know, exactly. not, not, not that you want to hear all that. Not what you want to hear, right. but what you need to hear, yeah. Yeah, that's great. All right, uh, a few more things. Um, I read, when I was reading up on you, I saw some of your musical influences, which I also, I share a lot of those with you. But tell the listeners out there, who, who are some musical people that's inspired you over the years? Well, I, I have to say, and again, I, I have to say, Brad, it, it troubles me so much that so many people, um, contemporary people, don't know who Burt Bacharach uh, was. Mm -hmm. uh, he died at the age of 93 years last year, and he was arguably the greatest composer who ever lived in my humble estimation. And he was my idol uh, for more years than I care to admit. And he was by far uh, my biggest musical um, uh, guru. And you got, you got uh, to see I, him play live a few times, right? Did I read that right? I, I most certainly did, yeah. We saw him in New Jersey, we saw him in L.A., we saw nice. him all over. I, actually, I actually, if he had a new show or whatever, I would actually go wherever it was. If it was in uh, San Diego, if it was in New York, I'd go because I had such a, an affinity for his music. Yeah. Uh, other people that I really uh, was influenced by uh, were Carol King, mm. uh, for sure. Uh, Paul Simon, oh. uh, Neil Diamond, uh, the, uh, the Supremes, um, all of Motown. I love Motown. Um, Elvis Presley. There you uh, go. There you go. I knew you'd like that one. Yeah. And, um, no, uh, definitely the people that were songwriters, uh, you know, that's composers that sang and did their own material. I often wished I could sing well enough to even think about that. But, uh, you know, my voice is just, uh, like most composers, I, I don't sing well at all. I understand. I share a quick story with you. I was at a store one time, and there was, uh, there was some benches up front right by the exit doors where people walk out. <clears throat> and there was an older African-American guy. He was probably in his upper 70s, early 80s. He was just sitting there by himself. So I walked up to him. I said, you look like you're just waiting on your wife or something. And he started laughing. He goes, you got that right. Real nice guy. And his wife was checking out. She was at the register just paying for her stuff. So when she walked over, um, she said that, well, he told me that they were from, from Gary, Indiana. And they were in Mississippi visiting some relatives. And um, so I was like, oh, wow, that's the home of the Jacksons, you know, the Jackson 5, the Jacksons. Right. And he said, well, my wife was a retired school teacher, and she taught some of the Jacksons. I was like, wow. So I got to talk to her, and she told me about teaching you know, she had, um, um, what's the oldest, J J Jermaine? Jermaine Jackson? Jermaine, yeah. Yep. She, Jermaine, taught, yeah. She, she taught him. She said she didn't teach Michael, but she taught Jermaine, I think Latoya, and then one other one. But it was a very T cool. T maybe, maybe Tito, I don't know. Yeah, maybe Tito. It was the older one. It was the older Jackson. Yeah. So. But, yeah, I thought that was just a cool, you just never know. Man. That's why I like talking to people. You just never know what you're going to. What you're going to find. I out. agree with that. It's not a bad, um, not a bad approach, you know, because mm -hmm. people sometimes surprise <laughs> Yeah, I was shocked. You know, I was shocked. That was great. All right, um, we're at the part of the interview where I always like to ask the guests if there's anything before we wrap this up. Is there anything we didn't get to that you want to get out there and promote before we wrap it up? Before I let you tell everybody where they can follow you and get your music. 
Yeah, I um, yeah, I want. Uh, I, I do have you know five or six fans that I don't know. Uh, I'd like my fans to know that uh, a new album is coming out in about two or three weeks called "Looking for Answers." Looking and, for um, answers. Yeah, I think it's going to be um, very uh, well received, similar to this one. Uh, it's got again, uh, interestingly enough, uh, a song about AI in it. Oh wow! Um, and um, the name of the song is "AI Ain't Gonna Replace Me," and oh, um, we use like uh, yeah, yeah. It was, we use banjos and harmonicas in the song, and the guy sings it with a very, very heavy country accent. Oh, cool. And the the gist of the song is, you know, why AI ain't going to replace me? This guy is a um, composer, and. Um, I'm not going to say, but uh, I think it's, it has a nice message to it, and I hope uh, uh, people are going to want to uh, not only find out what the answer was, but possibly even agree with my um, my resolution to why I ain't going to replace me. We're also going to have um, uh, a song uh, in the next album about pickleball, believe it or oh, not. Oh, that's, that's, that's picking up speed, that sport. Yeah. Oh, man, is it. I mean, mm -hmm. it breaks my heart as a tennis player. I'm watching all my friends just <laughs> give up on tennis and play pickleball. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, that's, you know, those two things are going to be included with like normal, so-called normal songs and things like that. But mm -hmm. that's the one thing, Brett. I'm always trying to find songs that uh, where you haven't seen too many songs about AI or pickleball. And if you have 11 songs on the next album, you know, the nine other songs are going to be, you know, songs about topics that we were comfortable with or familiar yeah. with. But I like to do that. I, I like to kind of tweak the public and have them say, oh, wow, I've never, I've never imagined a song about mm. artificial intelligence, say, for example. And so, the other thing um, about AI, it's a, it's a hot topic right now. And it's a, I think it's a smart idea. I think it's smart that you're doing this because people have mixed feelings about AI and, we're, and there's some concern. Of course, some people, especially politicians that are running for office, I mean, they can make videos that looks just like Biden or Trump and it might not even be them. You can't tell the difference is getting so good. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, there's also, but there's also advantages of AI where it's, you know, it has its ups and downs. So I think it's a really hot topic. Smart to write something about it. What was interesting, I have a grandson that's super bright, and he, we were once in a restaurant a couple of months ago, and he said, Papa, he said, uh, you know, what's the big deal about you writing music? You give me a topic, and I'll, I'll get it out on my um, AI app. And sure enough, you know, it actually almost sickened me. Yeah. So I gave him a topic, and it came out in about 30 seconds, and it was reasonably good. Uh, you know, and you start as a composer, and God, you know, uh, mm. what's the future? Yep. But my song has the answer, Brad. You All right. Listen Everybody song. listening, you have to tune in and grab this record <laughs> when it comes out. That's There's smart, definitely man. one thing missing, so we got to find out what that is by listening to the song. <laughs> I love it. That's great, man. Yeah. Now, let me ask one, 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 one more question on this new record that's coming out. Will you bring in some of the same people as far as producers, or are you going to go with some new stuff, new, new people? Oh, no, no, no. 100% the same people. Uh, oh, good. In this, in this um, next one, I would say Kelsey does about three-quarters of the songs, and a, a young fella named Dan Brenner who has an amazing voice, uh, does about a quarter of them. Nice. And he's going to probably be doing more in the third album because it just happens that those songs are going to be more for a man. But no, uh, we're, I'm not breaking up a good team. Heck, you know, um, 
you know, the Chicago Bulls didn't break up uh, Michael Jordan. There you Jordan. go. That's true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs, you know. Hey, 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 hey real, 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 real fun fact, really cool fun fact on the Kansas City Chiefs. So, like I was telling you earlier, I'm, I'm from upstate New York. I'm from Mayapak, New York. And the Kansas City Chiefs assistant head coach and special teams coach, Dave Tobe, graduated with my brother, same high school as me, and I graduated with his younger sister, Margie Tobe. All right. Yeah. That's cool. It is cool, man. I was, I'm, not a, I'm a New Orleans Saints fan because I live just a couple hours drive from New Orleans, so I'm a big Saints fan. But whenever the Saints, you know, I always root for the, root for the Chiefs as long as they ain't playing the Saints. Well, you know, I, I got devastated this year because my team, the Dolphins, started off, oh, like, I don't know, 10 and 3 or I something know. like that. And we lost four out of our last five games, and we had to play in the uh, you know, minus nine degree wind chill yep. against Kansas City. They would have beaten us anyway, but, you know, the game wasn't a fun game at all to watch. Yeah, yeah, I was really puzzled by Miami's collapse. The same thing happened to the Eagles. Philadelphia came out on fire. They just. They just tag sure. out also. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I had a lot of fun. You got your your real pleasure to talk to. I love your music, and I'm looking forward to having you guys come back on when when uh, whenever you you know got some new stuff out. Um, but before we let you go, tell everybody out there where they can get this music, and if you have social media where they can follow you for website, the mic is yours. Right. You know, basically, you know, uh, we have all the usuals of Spotify. The Amazon, the Apple Music. Um, if you want to start teaching me how to use Instagram and TikTok, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm a dinosaur. I'm like Dirty Harry. I, I, I really, um, I need to learn how to do all this stuff, really, because I, it's, it's so uh, overwhelming as, as, as a dinosaur. But I do really, I would love the people listening to hear, listening here, to really try the YouTubes, the three YouTubes that mm-hmm. we did. Uh, I'm so proud of them. Uh, the the uh, Shut Up song is just funny. Everyone's going to laugh. But the world needs music. is so moving, and it's so special. And we have another song about a girl who has a drug and alcohol problem mm. who, uh, you, know, uh, you know, actually contemplates doing certain things. It's very reflective and another beautiful song. Uh, and that's the uh, Looking for Answers came from that. The mm. name of the song is It's a Long Way Down. And in her mind, she takes a trip to uh, Colorado, Frisco, Colorado, and she's climbing mountains. And um, she actually is thinking about jumping off the mountain in the, um, the YouTube. But, uh, you know, again, I don't want people to think it's just uh, you know, morbid or anything, but it, there's an inspirational aspect to that also, for uh-huh. sure. Well, all right. Well, I appreciate you joining me. What I will do, I have um, a Threads account. You can, you can create a Threads account through Instagram. But I got about 25,000 followers on that, so I will share the link to your YouTube channel on my Threads account to give you a little more a little more exposure over there. I'll also put the links of all your stuff in the lead-in article for this podcast. Well, I, I can't thank you enough, Brad. I, I really think um, if I didn't think that the music was going to be something people would get enriched by and enjoy, and, you know, if they love somebody, it's going to enhance their love, and yep. they want to laugh, there, there's that. But, I, I mean, again, at my stage in life, if I didn't think there was a tremendous value to the music, I wouldn't be here talking to you. Although, I must say, I'd like to be a social friend of yours after tonight. 100%. Shoot me a follow. Yeah. I'll follow you back 100% on that. 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah, man, you got that. All right, brother. Well, I really appreciate it. Everybody out there listening to this has been Richard Peshkin, music composer, and his new record, The World Needs Music. Listen to the title track and go get his stuff. Follow him and like and subscribe and share his videos on YouTube. That's a big help. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, you shoot me a follow, and then I'll get you a follow back. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Fran. You're welcome. Good night. Great. Good night.